yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. It's 30 years of Alliance supporting the leagues, and we're not done yet. Only the leagues, only the Alliance leagues. Hello and welcome to the Throwing in association with Alliance with me, Sinead Kassan. Well, the Alliance Leagues came to an end over the weekend with Kerry easily beating Mayo and in Division 2, Ross Common overcame Galway. In the hurling, Washford won their fourth league title with a six-point win over Cork. We'll speak to John Milan about that in a bit, but first let's focus on the football and I'm joined by Donica Boyle and Dick Clerken. So it finished Kerry 319, Mayo 13 points in the Division 1 final at Crow Park yesterday. For the third time, Jack O'Connor has won the league in his first year in charge now. As a Kerry person, I'm certainly not going to tempt fate and add what followed those league wins. But Dick, there's only one place to start. David Clifford won six and that goal was sensational. Yeah, and listen, it's not, not for the first time. Like It's, it's not that he, he does anything we haven't seen before, but when he does so much of it in one day in Croke Park against, uh, to be fair to them, even though they didn't have a good day, Mayo, it's a top tier, still a top tier team, second and waiting really to carry, it makes it all the more impressive. Like whatever we're doing these things, maybe in a, you know, a monster quarter final or a sort of meaningless neat game to do it on the biggest days, you know, huge, hugely impressive. And I suppose what, what, what impresses me so much about him, it's not just like there's been loads of really good finishers and point scorers and goal takers over the years. But when you look at his complete game, like I'd, I'd love to watch the game back. I just didn't get a chance yesterday to see how many scores was he actually either the, the direct assist for mm. or the sort of secondary assist. Like he, he never wastes a ball. I know they say that about a lot of players. Oh, he never wastes a ball. But he literally never wastes a ball. He is so creative, not just with himself. And, and to me, that almost sets him apart. Like he just does so much damage to a team. Um, again, not just from his own boot, from his own hands and vision, and 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 like as I say, you could probably associate at least you know a goal in fifteen to him directly yesterday. Like it's just a phenomenal return for one player in an attacking unit that you know I've never seen myself. But I, I think maybe Peter Canavan and a few players like that, possibly. But like it's just it's, you know we're just privileged to be watching it at the minute. Yeah, it is that part as well, Donnie. He's so unselfish as well. <laughs> Yeah, he has everything. Like, uh, like, what struck me about what he did yesterday was 
it was so routine nearly like you're just kind of you're keeping track of the scores and you look down and he had won six in a national final and had sort of done it at his ease like he pieced it together with very little fuss and you know he's just on a level all of his own at the minute I think we look at him now and he puts one six up in Crow Park and we we're not that surprised as brilliant as he was yesterday I think that's probably the biggest compliment you can pay him but there's we're talking about in these terms yeah David Clifford got one six in the league final that's that sounds about right you know mm-hmm. and and that's where we are and you know the strange thing about it and I, I think Dick wrote about it this morning too Porik O'Hara like had a tough day at the office but he wasn't because of the way Clifford is playing you couldn't really like it's hard to be too critical of him yeah. and that's a strange thing to say but like there was a couple of times he got close contact at him and he, he ripped the ball off him he kept at him um and then obviously we all saw the little pat in the hip, which was, you know, a good an acknowledgement of what he'd just seen. Like you have to, mm-hmm. when Clifford got the ball for that goal, he was facing Hogan's stand. He was somewhere between the 45 and the 50 and he poured a horror uh, on him. And about four seconds later, he's strong enough to ride the tackle. Solo's on the left foot, takes it in on the right, top it, roof of the net. Like just yeah. extraordinary stuff. And, and what, what's, what's unique, not unique, well, it's, it's actually almost becoming unique. If you think about, and even... Could you imagine that goal yesterday if, if David Clever had a one it clean and instead of doing what he'd done, he stopped and put his hand up and took a bloody mark. Like I just well, the mark is oh. for another but with the mark is done, we see so few up times now that uh, uh, that instinctive forward getting a ball, dropping the shoulder, taking his man on and doing what you, you just don't see that anymore. You know, yeah. players even whatever with the mark, they're they're just so their instinct now is to really sort of stop, work the arc. You know, instead of actually doing what David Clifford do, done yesterday in Pope. So when you see it happen, you're just like, my God, we, we, we just do not see that enough in Gaelic football, you know? And he had, he had the awareness to, to know what, despite the fact he was facing the, like he knew that Mayo had pushed up and he knew that he had horror on his own. Yeah. And uh, he, he had the awareness to spot that and go for it and, and execute it. Yeah. But uh, you touched on earlier, Dick, then too, like even one of Paul Ganey's point, you know, the close range left footed one, it was just a big high ball into him that it came in at an angle. He kind of got amongst it, broke it down, won it, fed it back out to, to Ganey. And so like he's he's carrying the ball in along the end line and sticking on the roof of the net. He's breaking down balls. He's kicking frees. Like he does everything, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 if he it's, was it's a selfish player, he could have had easily one. 10, 112 yesterday. Like he threw off a few balls yesterday that another player or another forward might have just said, No, this is you know, this is my job. I'm sticking this mm-hmm. over. But he doesn't. He always gives it to you know the player in the right position, which again sets him sets him out from an awful lot of good forwards out there who are sort of selfish by nature because that responsibility always falls on him. You know? Yeah. And and suppose- the other thing about him too, sorry, Sinead, is like I know it doesn't mean much. But his points are some of the most beautiful points you'd oh. ever see. The shape of the shot and the arc and the way the ball moves and even the one after himself and O'Hara had the um, uh, had the little little over and back and then the next time he got it, you knew what he was going for. Yeah. And he shot from the wrong side for a left-footed kicker um, and left absolutely no doubt. Split the posts, it kind of came around and back in and I know it doesn't get you any extra points, but geez, it looks great. No, and there's so few players, probably only Jim or Condi, and I would even I'd put our own Conor McManus up there in terms of ball striking and, and, mm. and the range that they have. You know, it's and, and, and it even the see. license to shoot as well, Dick. Like, you know, Conor McManus, like that point against Toronto we all talk about. Like, yeah, no one's allowed to shoot from there, not in the no. modern game. It's too, it's, it's the way it's, it's Clifford is, McMahon it is, and maybe a handful of others, and that's it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's just extraordinary. And it was a tough job that O'Hora had to do yesterday. And we know the calibre of player that O'Hora is. And, you know, he had a fantastic game in the All-Ireland semi-final uh, in their win over Dublin last year. But what did you make of the carry-on and the talk between O'Hora? Now, I was sitting down in the lower Hogan, so I didn't see if it was happening in the first half uh, down at the hill end. But I've never seen that kind of talk go on between two players. Um, now, we don't know what, exactly what was said, but, you know, should O'Hora be engaging in that kind of stuff? We, with a player we, like we used to come up, we used to come up our way more often. So we <laughs> It's a fairly standard now for, for Ulster Fair. Um, ah, listen, you don't know the context. You don't know what was no. said. Sometimes the camera picks this. So it didn't look great, let's be honest. I was watching on the TV and I suppose because of the, the stature of Clifford, it, it looked almost like O'Hara was trying to bully him. Now, I think everyone was sort of quite quite happy in watching what proceeded in the following 20 minutes. Um, so listen, I wouldn't be too unfair. Him. That, that's the type of player that he is. He, he's in your face. He's tough. Um, but I think at the end of the game, you could see O'Hara, you know, he went up, shook his hand. He knew he was beaten by a better man. He gave it his best and he did. And, and like I'd say there was at least, I can recall at least four times that O'Hara, you know, stripped the ball at Clifford and tried to push forward. So, you know, it, it was really good contest. And you don't see too many of those nowadays. You know, how often is a sort of a defender protected by wingbacks? You know, he was left there to do a job. And in, and in fairness to, to James Horn as well, he didn't whip him off. He didn't change him. He said, listen, I've nobody better probably That's to do it. a job yeah. here. And he says, if, if he can't do it with all this physicality and aggression, I just don't have anybody else today, so he he let him at it and see the see the seventy minutes out, which I thought was was quite you know sort of not remarkable, but it was it was sort of a, a nod to the sort of probably the statue that O'Hara has in the Mayo camp, which is we're not going to embarrass him for by taking him off and, and having that the dignity of that. So he let him he let him see the day out because the result was irrelevant anyway at that stage. Yeah, Duncan, what about the Kerry defence? Again, no goal conceded yesterday. Jason Foley, Ty Morley is having a brilliant uh, season so far. And obviously the defence has been such a weakness in the past for Kerry. But what exactly is Paddy Talley doing? Well, we're, we're, somebody asked uh, Jack about, um, about Paddy Talley yesterday and it was uh, one of the lads from the Irish News and Jack says, well, you're from his neck of the woods anyway. Uh, but Jackie was just paid him confidence. Look, he's doing some really good stuff. Um Look, I think we said it here before, like obviously you mentioned two of them, Tyg Morley and Jason Foley, they're both brilliant. They're probably benefiting from a sustained run in the team, um, a little bit of natural improvement that comes with time and experience and maybe even physical conditioning that, you know, that, that is just built up over, over years and years. But they have been absolutely excellent. I think it was Monaghan got a goal from a penalty. Mm-hmm. Tyrone got a goal in that dead rubber. And you'd have to say yesterday didn't really look like a goal chance. There was one half chance that when a point attempt came back off the post, but you could never say that the uh, uh, Kerry were cut open. So whatever combination it is between Jack, Paddy Talley, the work that was done previously, the sort of the natural improvement that I mentioned, it's all coming along very nicely. Um, uh, and, and things are getting better for Kerry too. Like uh, I think Stefan Okumbor should get the okay this week. Now where he fits oh, in. the pitch the at the end actually, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. So, yeah celebrations, yeah. He's uh, he's he's in in Santry today actually to just for one final check up and Jack uh, sort of hinted that him and, and a few others will be sent back to play county league games in Kerry now because they're one of their five six weeks out from the Cork match wherever that's going to be played but they're just in, in in really good shape at the minute and and Colin Keys was writing about the Jack Slam this morning that you mentioned that you know the oh. win, he when he wins the league the, he he generally goes on and wins the All Ireland now Jack was saying yesterday he he has no uh, he's not into pishogs but. Um, if you are, you'd be very um, you'd be very happy with what you've seen from a Kerry point of view. 
What about mm. the mitigating factors there for Dick? Um, they had some, they were without some key players, Rob Henley, Paddy Durkin, Oshie Mullen was, uh, was he withdrawn before game? No, Dermot O'Connor, Killian O'Connor was back yesterday. They've their championship opener as well in just a few weeks' time against Galway, but losing by that margin, how did it go so wrong for them yesterday? I, I, I thought, even though it was clear that there was, you know, there was definitely a gulf in the two teams, I thought they competed fairly well for most of the first half. The goal that Gavin White got through just put a wee bit of distance between the sides. But, you know, you could definitely see they definitely missed that. You know, Mayo have a very strong running game. You know, that sort of intensity, the likes of Durkin and Mullen, and they all sort of bring in the overlaps. You know, they were just missing a wee bit of that would have sort of probably bridged the gap a wee bit more. They were still never going to beat Kerry on yesterday. I think Kerry just are playing so well. They're so fit and so sharp. Uh, but but I think to be fair to Mayo, I think they will be better. Now, we're assuming those players in terms of their injuries, you know, will become available. You can never make that assumption. But they definitely miss those um, core players at the back to drive forward. Um, so ho- hopefully they'll come back in and strengthen because I think that, was a, that wasn't a fair reflection of, of, of Mayo. Like I seen Mayo in the play of Monaghan. I was very impressed with them um, and, and in terms of how they played and how they set out. Um, so I think I think you know we'll see more of Mayo. I, I don't you know I think the physically like they're, they're they're well up there even though yesterday, especially in the second half, you know you couldn't have said that. But I think the likes of you know James Carr um, showed a few glimpses in the first half. You know that there's something there. Young Plunkett as well. So there's there's there's, there's, there's the, the, the panel has looked stronger. Assuming that those injured players can come back in. And Jamie O'Connor, it was great to see him come in. And it was great to see him. He got a ball at the end. He won a free and nailed it himself, which is good because before that, he looked like a guy that needs a lot of football. You know, for a guy, I think he doesn't have an awful lot of time. Sorry, Killing O'Connor. He doesn't have an awful lot of time to get up to the pace of the game now. And, and it would have been a frightening sort of insight into what, what the standard is now that carries the standard for him to get up. You know the pace of those backs. Like how how close can he get to that level in the short window he has is a big, big question now. Because I, I honestly, if I was Mayo, I think you have to be measured in terms of how much you're going to get from him this year because of because of the pace of what the game is and where he's coming from. Um, that's going to be a big. Challenge. But but that being said, it was a huge milestone for him personally and Mayo. So it was great great to see him back out there yesterday. Yeah, I don't I don't think it like it, it was damaging, no doubt about it, but. Don't think much changes for Mayo. No, um, not really. No, no. no it's like nothing, you know, nothing, nothing lost. And, and the other thing is, if you if you put O'Hara in in that defence, and he has Mullen, and he has Paddy Durkin, and maybe Brendan Harrison around him too, I think they're a much stronger unit altogether. And and then maybe maybe the the Clifford things comes a little bit more manageable. And even then, maybe they have a choice to change it up a little bit and move things around. But what was worrying for Mayo was like. That could have been done at half time that game. Like Cody mm. Clifford had two really good goal chances yeah. and, and 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 there were two good saves. But in fairness, probably probably should have done more with, with both of them. Um and um, he had the chance to put them away. So there is a there is a few little things for for uh, for Mayo to um to 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 work on all right. But look, no doubt that they are one hundred percent focused on Galway. Um yeah. And looking at that, because look, they've won and they've won, they've beaten Kerry and Crow Park recently. Jack said it afterwards again, going back to it, like their record in Crow Park has been brutal this last while. It's one in the last ten, you know, cross league and championship. They've lost to Tyrone, Dublin, Galway, um, possibly Mayo as well in that time. So you know, it's it's they they needed there was probably their need was probably greater, I would say, in in in, in that sense. And uh, so, but look. It, if Mayo, if Mayo beat Galway in, in Connacht, that game will be 
close to forgotten. Um, yeah. And if, if the two, two sides meet again, I think you see a very different thing because Mayo are they live in their intensity, their aggression, their running power, and that wasn't really there yesterday. You'd have to no, say you didn't see too many examples of that manic t- intensity around the middle and breaking. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it goes back to the Aidan O'Shea question. I didn't, I didn't think I was surprised. Yeah, to see was him start what, he why did. was he used yesterday, Dick? Do you think uh, it was goes back to that sort of say, he sort of I know to be, I don't want to be unfair, but it was almost like he was carried around the middle third, like he plays an 11. But like he's he's not a number eleven. He, he doesn't score. He doesn't really create in a typical number eleven role. So he sort of drops deep, would pick up a few balls, would break up a bit of play. Gives you the impression I feel that he's having a bigger influence on the game than he actually is. And I think there's a big question mark you know, that that having one player that's not really hugely mobile and doing what it, it should be doing in a role in that middle third can have a massive impact, you know, on 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 the wider team. And I, and I think there's a you know. If nothing else, James Horn will have to reflect on right for July, plan his team for July. Where does this guy play, or does he play, and does he come on? Because I think they played better in the league in the early stages when he sort of came on as an impact role and had a much more defined structure with the with the with the fifteen players lined out. Whereas yesterday, I think they went back to a bit of a sort of uh, were a bit of unsure in terms of their shape and didn't look as as coordinated. And and and, and it'll be a, it'll be a tough one now for James Horn because that'd be the big question in Mayo because it was again it wasn't particularly a good day out for Aidan O'Shea. He didn't score again. You know, beaten, and you know he, he definitely probably didn't need that on his on his CV or portfolio going into a championship season. To be yeah, uh, Donica, you mentioned there just about the whole Porky Rin debate and the Cork footballers. Jack O'Connor said yesterday it's none of his business; he's not getting mm. involved. But look, surely this will be sorted now in the next day or two, and surely the Cork footballers, you know, have to have their game at Porky Rin. Yeah, you you would think so, but then you would also have assumed that the Munster Council would have had a, a sense of what was coming um, when they made this decision. So they're going to have to climb down now if, if to to resolve it. It seems like if, if Cork dig in their heels and don't play the game, um, like the, the precedent that's set with the Corrigan Park thing and with the Newbridge and nowhere is is applicable, but only to a certain level because everyone has their own home and away arrangements, which is slightly different. Prior to Newbridge or nowhere, like Kildare had played games outside of Newbridge in championship, like uh, qualifier games. So um, it, it's it's a tricky one. But look, it, I think it's a bad look to be making the case for uh, making the financial case uh, for a match when it comes to integrity of competition. Now, that comes with its own caveats because Cork Stadium isn't available for financial reasons as well. But like I, I do think that it, like eleven thousand seats. Like if, if we're going to lose out and selling ten odd thousand tickets, I think that's you just got to take the pain, even in the light of COVID, even after uh, comp, um, the GA losing loads of money, even with the debt associated with Parky Queen. Still think competition has to come first, and um, you know let Cork play their game and Parky win. It, it is hard to have sympathy for. I was tweeting during the week. It's hard to have sympathy for official Cork. Mm. You know this is. You know, it's an organisational thing. I know they're making the case that it happened before the split season and that in different circumstances, um, and if this calendar hadn't been changed, it wouldn't. this wouldn't be an issue. But you have to assume that GA events would be prioritised time and time again, and they should be. This isn't the case. So it's hard to have uh, sympathy for them, but it is your sympathies would lie with the players who are already facing a mammoth task and now it looks like they're talking about sending them to Killarney, like, which is is a huge ask. So, Laz, just before we go on to Division 2, with that Division 1 season now over, who's winning the All-Ireland? 
I can see by Kerry really. You know, it's an easy one, but and again, I haven't seen them in the flesh in Monon. I was they were without doubt the standout team um, in terms of their intensity, the pace. You know, obviously their forward unit doesn't need any introduction, but but what they're doing at the back, but and still scoring heavy. There's not there's nothing out there to touch them at the minute until until we see otherwise. Yeah, I, I go along with that. Um, with the one caveat that around at roughly this stage in the competition last year when they tore uh, Tyrone apart and we were there like just to have it all. Now the defense. The worst thing look- that ever happened last year was Kerry beating them that yeah. way down in Killarney. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like they're they're very um like they seem to have all the boxes ticked. But again, like if you go back to that Tyrone game last year, the semi final, there were a couple of chances early on, and I don't know what you thought, Dick, but they just took the odd hand pass too many or overcomplicated things, or could have just tried to force a goal and maybe got bottled up at the last minute. And if you were being hypercritical, and this probably has been hypercritical, those two goal chances Paddy Clifford had in the first half, like they could have been worked. They got the two goal chances, and they got precisely nothing out of them. They didn't work it back for a pint. You know, you didn't. Yeah. They didn't. Didn't someone take control of the scenario and just like, tip this over the bar, keep it, keep mm-hmm. it taking over? So if you're being, if you're being really harsh, that mm-hmm. you probably zero in on that and maybe draw parallels to the, the parts of the Tyrone game Absolutely. last year when they had a chance. But um, no, it, everything looks good for them at the minute. Um, um, but uh, they'd, yeah, they'd be it's hard to look past them. You know, the bookies cut them by price a little bit last night uh, straight away. So yeah, it's it's carry for me at the moment. Okay, so Roscommon won the Division 2 title yesterday. They beat Galway 120 to 22 points. This was a really entertaining game. That goal from Dermot Morton at the time was an absolute bullet. Roscommon have really built up some really good attacking options as well, Dick. The likes of Donny Smith, Kieran Murta, Keane McKeown. Uh, what impressed you in particular about this win for the Rosses yesterday? Well, sure, to be fair to Roscommon, they've been knocking about, not, not dissimilar to Monaghan for the last 10 years. And a lot of these players have been in and out. And... and the one thing I would have against Roscommon is a lot of years, I, I, I don't know what the internal politics is in Roscommon, is why they haven't kicked on, is what I'm saying, is why they haven't maybe established themselves as a solid Division One team and not doing the yo-yo and then pushed on at Crow Park level. Like one year the Morphers mightn't be there, another year the Dailies mightn't be there, and the Smiths, there's, like, there's so much talent there, but... but you know, it looks on the face of it that, that everybody's there that should be there now. And they've got a really good, strong panel and loads of scoring potential. Like the Mortals, we've seen sort of glimpses of what they can do over the years. The Smiths and like the Dailies are take tough at the back. So like they are building a, a panel and a team as, as good as anything below, say, Kerry in the top two or three. You know, they should now see themselves in that sort of chase and pack that, you know, if the cards fell well for them and they get a run, there's a pathway to to you know to unthinkables um, in terms of all Ireland semis and finals for them. And they really should be looking for that because um they have it there. Galway, with their tradition, will certainly be thinking that and they beat them yesterday. Um, you know, the the they've beaten Mayo in, in in Connacht, you know, when Mayo were better than you know, or as good as what they were and are now before. So they have it there. They just need to make sure that they keep all the a good harmony in, in, in the camp. And I know there's, you never hear anything coming out, but when you see players not involved for different reasons, you know, it makes you think, oh, what, what's going on? So they're there. Now, now they have a panel to really compete because, you know, counties like Roscommon and the Monaghans, they don't always have that to, 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 to fall back on. So it's there and they should be really, really looking forward to to what's, what's ahead of them now for the rest of the summer because they have, they, they, they have every right now to think that they can be up you know, next in line to, to, to the best that's there. 
And Tunica Galway had been travelling so well in this kind of league campaign so far and then they had those two defeats to Roscommon. They were five points down in yesterday's game and they scored six points in a row between the 57th and 64th minute and got themselves back in the game. But it looked, they had the momentum then and then it just, Roscommon came back at them. Yeah, and, and I suppose Shane Walsh coming on, you know, we're talking about beautiful points earlier in Clifford, like his, his talent is like his, the level of his talent is quite extraordinary in terms of his two-footedness and his kicking of the ball and his, his athleticism and his ability to get away from players. And that made it... I was just thinking, actually, like if you're Galway over the last few years and, you know, how often have they been able to put a fully fit Damien Coma and a fully fit Shane Walsh on the pitch at the same time? Mm. Um, Paul like, Conroy as well. Paul Conroy, who is excellent. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. Excellent. Like right and left foot, like, you know, yeah. lovely, talented footballers. Um but yeah, I, I agree with what Dick said. The, the next question now for Roscommon is like they went to the Super Eights a couple of times and they had appalling experiences. Like, like did not play to anywhere near their level of standard. And you were wondering like what what's missing here? Like you know they can. Well, there was a squad depth there yeah. as well, Dunnick, at that time, wasn't it? That if you know. Yeah, there, there probably was, but in fairness, they've they've been up and down. They've yo-yoed to Division Two and one consistently, and like you know, at some stage, you know, that that becomes a problem. Um, and, and maybe now they look as if they're better equipped. Maybe they're, they're, they're physical. I remember uh, being in uh, in a skiing once um, to watch uh, Roscommon and the loss to Monaghan. And Kevin McStay was over at the time and he was making the point to listen, we have physical work to do here. We're years behind. So maybe maybe there's a little bit of that that needed to needed to catch up um, mm-hmm. in terms of. But, but they have some lovely talented footballers and lovely footballers coming off the bench as well, which is which is half the battle at the minute. That, you know, and that's that's what, what got them over the line um, mm-hmm. yesterday. So who's winning that championship game, lads, in a few weeks' time between Galway and Mayo from what we've seen so far? Well, it depends who Mayo can bring back. Like, how many of those guys that went out there yesterday, what level of fitness, it's hard to know, you know, the, the injury, the extent of the injuries that they've had, you know, muscle injuries, you know, at this time of the year, it's the last thing you want, you know, because you don't get the time to to have them properly heal and you're always anxious to get back out and you can overtrain. So it really depends, you know, if, if Mayo, well, what is this, if it's, if it's Mayo's team yesterday, or, you know, not much added to it. And it's facing Galway. It's a 50-50 game. You just give that bit of experience that Mayo have ahead of Galway. Galway still have it all to prove. You know, even, even Shane Walsh, you mentioned, yes, but has, you know, been very flaky on the big stage. So he has all the potential, but needs to deliver at a, at a consistent level, you know, at a, at a sort of an All-Ireland standard for really to be up at the, the tier that we've, we, you know, we, we know he can be. Um, so I think, you know, Galway have, have, have potential, but they need to sort of apply it at, at, at a sort of a top level. So I, 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 would, I would say just tentatively give the nod to Mayo, Sinead, but, um, you know, it, it really is dependent on how many of those guys they can get back. Duncan? Yeah, yeah, it's like a fully loaded Mayo, fully loaded Mayo, and like what they looked like maybe going back a few games. Like I, I covered them against um, Armagh when they played that game in Roscommon, and uh, they pulled I think Paddy Durkin off the bench, Aidan O'Shea off the bench, Porrick O'Hora off the bench. You know that stage you're thinking she's doing really good shape. Um, so fully loaded, I'd probably edge or go for Mayo because, in fairness to Mayo, you know what you'll get with them, and they're, they're usually with the obvious exception of yesterday. But when they've everyone, they're quite consistent in their performance. You know, you know they'll go to a certain level. Don't think you can say that about Galway at the minute because, like you know, they went to Derry and won and, and won con- con- convincingly. Then there was a, you know, then they they were kind of played in fits and starts. Yes, and if you go back to that game in Crow Park, the kind of final in Crow Park, you know, they had their moments in that as well, but still didn't put it all together. So yeah, I think I, I think I'll go for Mayo. Um, and then I, I think if assuming Roscommon are the other side, you know, 
I don't think they'd they'd be they'd they'd love a shot at either of them for for a Connacht title and and oh, to move into move into the last eight because the other thing that struck me yesterday as well like Anthony Cunningham's CV is extraordinary <laughs> now like across hurling and football club uh, two different provinces with two different with Gary Castle and um, St Bridget's um, picked up another Division Two title he's won like. Like what has he not won at this stage in all Ireland? All Ireland essentially, but like mm-hmm. he just keeps picking, getting things together, keeps finding ways to win. It's he is it really is sort of gotten flown under the radar mm-hmm. a little bit, but mm-hmm. incredible CV. Yeah, no, well done to him, lads. A quick word before we go on the Division Three and Division Four finals. Cavan obviously won Division Four, uh, two ten. Uh, they beat Tipperary two ten to fifteen points, and Loud won the Division Three yeah. title in Crow Park. They beat Limerick one fourteen to twelve points. Dick, um, Mickey Hart working his magic again. Yeah, I was delighted for Loud. I, I yeah. would spend a lot of time working in Loud and Drahad over the years. And like Loud is, and I don't know if know this, it's a hugely passionate GA county with huge tradition there, going back to their All Ireland winning team from the 50s. And, and they do not like been where they have been over the last number of years. So that's what Mickey Hart has obviously tapped into that tradition and that support because it is a strong footballing county and he's, and he's getting that out of them. And it just shows you. You know, Nicky Hart and I would have never liked the tone of it in his last years in in um, in Tyrone. And even in the last couple of weeks, there's a few people out sort of speaking about Mickey Hart, this and that. It just shows you the quality of the man. And it just shows you that it can bring a county like Loud and bring them successive promotions to the level that they're at, you know, what he brings to an outfit. And he's just brought that, you know, real feel-good factor and guys really believing in themselves. And, you know, it's a really good story coming out of the league, um, which we had plenty last year, so it's, it's about loud this year. As for Calvin Tip, they'll be just glad to, you know, put, you know, glad to have some silverware, put put 20, sort of 22, uh, in, in over 2021, how they found themselves in Division 4 yeah. in the rearview mirror, mirror and, and try and look forward to better things in the championship. So, uh, yeah, so again, loud was the story of the weekend outside of David Clifford, I think, for me. Yeah, no, fair place them. And uh, Dick, thank you for joining us and bring on the championship. Absolutely. Now to discuss the Hurling League final, we're joined by John Milan. John, Washford 420, Cork 123. There's no place to hide now. You're firmly championship contenders. I suppose everything we kind of predicted came to fruition. You know, they banged in they 22 goals in the league, banged in another four goals the weekend. We predicted that this Cotrock Daly was going to be a big, big star in the making. And, uh, you know, what a performance he gave the weekend. We predicted that before the, before the league kick-started. Kick Big fine for, for Liam Cattle. And I suppose, look, it's the manner in which they've, they've, they've captured this league. I mean, to think that they won this league without Errol Daly, who was, who was brilliant and pulled back the previous week. Without Ozzy, who was probably our best player, brilliant the previous week. And without possibly probably without Jamie Barron, probably one of the best midfielders in the country. It's you know you kind of have to pinch yourself and say, you know, this is we're in kind of you know look we don't want to get carried away, but I know I think you are, John. I think you are. Where is it, John? It's exciting times, and and you you know you're saying to yourself, can can this get any better? And you know. I, I honestly do. I think I, I honestly believe it, it, it can. And when you think of what's coming off the bench, like someone like Shane Bennett, Kieran Bennett, Hardy Manny, DJ Foreign come on, Billy Power, not even to mention then Ian Kenny, who started last year, Peter Hogan, who started last year. And uh, yeah, look, uh, it's it's. It's yeah, we're right up there. We 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 are right up there, and I think 
I honestly, I firmly believe if, if look, I'm 41 years of age today. Is that I all? Firm, I'm, I'm, yeah, well, yeah, not, I'm not too bad for 41, but I firmly believe that if, if we don't deal with under lean cattle in the next year or two, there's a generation I'm not after seeing Waterford capture lean McCarty. And I, I firmly believe that my generation probably won't see it. I just feel that now is the time to, I just think everything is in place, management-wise, player-wise, squad-wise. And there's just, and, and what, what I loved about the weekend, and, and look, going back to our team and, and possibly a couple of years ago when they won the league, you know, we put a, probably would have went off and celebrated league, league final success. And, you know, given that the championship is only around the corner, but, you know, I was on the fields uh, Saturday night and, you know, what really, you know, what really took me was, you know, it was just like, you know, one getting carried away, went up, collected the cup, you know, put the congratulations, took the pats on the back and it was a case of we move on, championship in two weeks' time and we go again and we go after the Monster Championship. And that's a sign of, that's a sign of, you know, a really, really good team and, and what possibly could become a great team. And I just think everything is in place. I think they know what they want to they know what they want to achieve. And I think everything's in place for them to, to go and, and possibly achieve the ultimate this year, you know. Donica, as a neutral, are you as positive as John is about Waterford's chance, chances in the championship? Well, yeah, I'm sort of I'm starting to believe more than I did. I, I think that the the elephant in the room here is Limerick. You know, yeah. what, what have we seen? How good are they? You know, they've picked up a couple of red cards. Is that a sort of a, was that just a, a just something that happened or is that something that, that hints that something else is going on and maybe not as focused as we were a year before? You know, like Waterford had real claims, but you'd have to wonder if we get back to Limerick at full mast, you know, how good can they be? Because we were talking about, the terms we were talking about them in the last couple of years were like, you know, comparable to the that was the next thing we're going to click anything you know Kieran Carey was talking about could it be the Dublin or Ireland and all that so that were the, there were the terms we were talking about them only a few months ago so that is just the one proviso for me is how good are Limerick this year how tuned in and how focused are they can we get back to where they were and if they do um, have Waterford covered enough ground in the last whatever 12 months 18 months to uh, to catch up with them and I think that could be the real question of the championship and um, looking at that, if whether you can get Limerick at their best and Waterford carrying this form at the minute, I think that that could be huge. But yeah, absolutely, Waterford. And the one thing I would I'd like to know, actually, from John, like, is expectation a thing now, John, for the first time? That, that you're like, even the way you're talking, so positive. Like, people in Waterford going, like, you know, this is this is our time now. Like, and how, and if so, how will that impact the players? Yeah, I, I think, I think. I think what's what's in their in their favour is that an awful lot of these players have played in so many finals. You know, they've you know they have the experience of playing in. Some of them have played in two All Ireland finals. Some of them have played in minor All Irelands. Some of them have played in under twenty one All Irelands. They've, they've had success. So I, I think that expectation. You know, they've they've always had that. You know, they had it in twenty seventeen. They had it in the in in the COVID final. They had a touch of it last year, but and I think I think as Liam Catlett's touched on, the more you keep putting yourself in in a position, and getting the finals, you know, getting the finals becomes a habit. Now look, 
I think winning the weekend was was a big one for him because you know if they were to go and lose another final, you know, losing finals becomes a habit. Winning finals becomes a habit, and I think, you know, that monkey's off the back now. That after after winning a, a final, a national final, and I think you know I don't think these players will be overcome by by expectation. I think there's an awful lot of good experienced lads in there that have been there. They haven't done it yet in regards getting getting over the line and, and winning an All Ireland, but you know getting the finals that that does stand to you, Donica. And 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 the thing about it is. You know, if you keep putting yourself in a position, as Liam Cattle has touched on, keep putting yourself in a position and getting the finals. You know, there's going to come a day where 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 you're going to get over the line and and, and you are going to, and you are going to win that final. And hopefully, hopefully, Touchwood, uh, that may be the case this year. But you know, everything, everything. Like I mean, you talk about Liam Cattle. I mean, it's just a, such a remarkable job he's after doing in such a short space. You know, he's at the rebuilding the team. And then you know, when Patrick Fanning took over from Derek, I think what can't get lost in, in all this is that, you know, he gave a couple of these lads their debuts. You know, you, you think of Fronty and and, and uh, Caelan Lyons. Now, albeit, and, and they got to a league final that year. Now, albeit the, the results didn't go their, 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 their way in, in the round robin that year. But, you know, I think Liam Cattle is, has, has just brought it on to a totally, totally new level himself, himself and, and uh, Mikey Bevins. And, you know, as I touched on last week, from a Waterford supporter's point of view, it's just, it's really, really exciting times. And it, 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 it's fantastic to be going in, you know, on the cusp of a championship just around the corner, two weeks' time, to be really looking forward to, you know, watching this team. Because they really, really are good on the ice. You know, you're up there sitting in the stand and, and you just don't know what they're going to do. You just don't know what they're going to do. And the luxury he has, I mean, even in, in the forward division, I mean, Desi was possibly quite the weekend, but, you know, still came up with the goal. But if, if, if you're quite in Desi Hodgson, you still have Stephen Bennett. You still have Austin Gleeson. You still have Patrick Curran. You know, Jack Pendergast. You know, it's all the great teams, you know, over the years, you know, have six six really good fours, and I think Waterford are really developing that. And you even think of someone like Shane Bennett who's coming on coming on at the moment. Shane Bennett, this guy will still play apparently this summer. But like you even take it, well, Limerick are, are are probably short a corner forward at the moment. I think Shane Bennett would 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 would, would walk into that corner forward division uh, in Limerick at, at the present moment of time. It's just just unfortunate the way the Waterford forwards are, are playing at the moment. And what Liam Cattle has now, we he he's a great deck of cards to, to deal with going, in, going into into the Monster Championship and you know you talk with Jamie Barron you know Jamie Barron I don't think I don't think he, he, he'll have to rush Jamie Barron back now you know given how, how, how uh, good Sarah Lyons and, 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 and Corrick, Corrick Daly are, are, are playing in midfield other years previous years he'd be probably rushing Jamie Barron back at, mm-hmm. at, at, a, at a high risk so now I, I think what Liam Cattle can do now he can you know, he can go back to Jamie Barron and say, well, look, well, he's not going to play the Tipperary game and he's possibly, they're not going to risk him against Limerick the, the seven days later. So they can just kind of take their time with Jamie Barron and probably look to maybe the middle stage of the Munster Championship, the latter stage of the Munster Championship and get him fully back right in, 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 instead of rushing him back at a high risk of him picking up another injury and losing him for 
the latter end of the championship touch wood that we that we get get uh, out of Munster. So yeah, look, it's yeah, I don't think they'll be overcome by expectation. And for me, I think you know, great credit to Liam Cattle and you know. Wow, what what a day of character you have to play with, you know, Absolutely. going forward for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and as you say, to do it all without Austin Gleeson uh, on Saturday evening was incredible. Stephen Bennett with two eleven, so impressive, impressive as well. But Dunica Cork, um, serious work. They've got to do some serious work before the start of the championship. Waterford just absolutely split open their defence at times on Saturday yeah, evening. That, that, that was the big thing. Um, um, the concession, the goals, and the Waterford could nearly conjure a goal when if they sense any danger at all. Even that Desi Hutchinson one, just the game was maybe coming back into the melting pot and then straight down the middle, Desi goal. Like so, um, yeah, yeah. It, it was like, but overall, you'd have to say it was fairly positive for Cork. They still have things to figure out, and like Anthony Daly was talking around, maybe just a few positional changes that could help. Um, but um, yeah, that, that, there's, they're still just not quite all the pieces of jigsaw don't seem to be fitting for them at the minute, and they have loads of talent. Like, there's no doubt in the talent they have. Um, it's just a matter of getting it all together and, and, and finding the right the right way to deploy all the pieces on the chessboard for them. And I, I think they could be they, they'll have a big say in this as well. But yeah, no, look, yesterday was 100% Waterford's day, and I'm just going to say there, like if you were being if you were being really cynical about, uh, you know, when Liam Cal was linked with Tipperary. And you look at Tipperary and say, well, look, there's a bit of transition there. That 2010, the Pauly Mars, the Brendan Mars, that era was coming to an end. And whoever was coming in now to this job would have to sort of rebuild and bring in the under-20s and under-21s that Liam Cal won, which you'd be saying, well, maybe the Tipperary job isn't that the one to get now. Maybe it's the one for two or three years down the line. But Liam Cal obviously saw something in this world was, more of a team and he's completely justified you'd have to say like he said thought there was a little bit more or a lot more to come out of him and uh, everything he's done so far and Dave's done as a group is, is has justified that decision not to win because it must be very hard to turn down your home county like in any situation but Yeah it felt like that was a turning point John actually as well the fact that Liam Cahill didn't go back to Tipperary he stuck at Washford and as Dunica said like that has been repaid to him you know that decision Yeah it was a massive statement of intent from to make that decision, and 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 there was massive appreciation from from the players and supporters to go and and make that difficult decision. Like, like let's be honest about it, Ocean That's not an easy thing to do, like to to uh, to turn down to turn down your own own county when 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 they come calling. But look, as you as you stated before, there was previous uh, managers have from from within Tipperary turned it down, and I think you know when you when when you break it all down, I think it was it was it was the right thing to do. I mean. Why? Why would he walk away from a Waterford project that, you know, you know he's after investing two years into himself, himself and, and Mikey Bevins, and and they're not they were knocking on the door, and and we all know that year three of, of any project is is possibly the year that, you know, uh, the team possibly hits their hits their peak under under any management team. So for me, I think it was a no brainer, uh, and you know. Massive kudos to him for, for making that decision. And and as Donica uh, alluded to there, he was justified by it um, the weekend and got his just rewards. And please God, uh, there'll be more to come for, for, for himself and Mikey Bevins. Okay, well, as Lean Cahill also said afterwards, the real test will be on Easter Sunday when they play Tippett Walsh Park. You know, between that Ballygunner All-Ireland win... This National League title. So Washford really do look as primed as as you can almost remember going into a championship. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I suppose they're, they're on the they're on the crest of a wave, and I suppose the manner in which which Ballygunner won won that that All Ireland Championship um, has to be has to be applauded. Um, and I suppose it's 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 having a a serious knock on effect, and there seems to be just a, a really really good feel factor around Waterford. Um, and hopefully, you know, as as you just stated there, that they can bring it into in into two weeks' time and into the championship. But you know, I think. They've got a parrot now. They've, you know, the league, league is league is done and dusted. It's it's great that they got the success, national success. But you know, I think Liam Cal, I think he will be well aware of of what's coming in two weeks' time. You know, his his own county, and I don't think any of these Waterford players uh, will, will 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 become complacent. And I don't think they'll be allowed to become complacent uh, by Liam Cal. It's a serious test for him. And 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 I think you know they're they're raging half favourites. Tickets are going to be they're going to be like gold dust trying to get into Welsh Park. What fourteen and a half thousand? You know is probably the, the cut off point for for Welsh Park. And good luck to some people trying to get get those mm-hmm. tickets. Uh, but look, it's 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 a great time. It's it's great times. And but look, as we stated, I think that that first game against Tipperary. We've seen it before. I think it's a must-win game for Waterford if they're, if they're to kick on. And if, if they can get that win under their belts, I think they're up and running. And I think for Liam Cattle, I think the, the goal now will be to finish in that top three. And if they finish in the top top two, they're in a month of final. But I think what is what is key for Liam Cattle now is to finish in the top three, get yourself into that all in series and try and get back to Crow Park and take take it on from there. So Duncan, do you think it can all turn on the sorry Jeanette, it can all turn on the first weekend? You know, like that's I mean, we've seen it since this round Robin's come in, and you can either you know generate great momentum or you can put yourself in a hole that you can't pull yourself out of. Um, and that's like you know, as 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 John said there, like that has to be part now because Tipperary are coming and you know can never be taken for granted or anything. So they have to like they have to hit like where they finished off against Cork, they have to hit the ground running again because you know, it wouldn't be long. Like in, in that Munster Championship, there's going to be two very good teams out in, in a few weeks' time to go and be gone. Like, and, uh, you know, that could, you could, if you try hard enough, you could make a case for any any of those five getting into the, uh, getting into the, into the top three places. So, um, you know, it won't take much to turn this thing. So they just have to keep going at, at the level they're going at. And, 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 and I think what is key and I think the lads touched on the last night, League Sunday, is winning their home games. Mm-hmm. The Waterford have two winnable games on paper. I say on paper, they have two winnable games against Tipperary and uh, Cork, but they have two tough away fixtures. They don't come any tougher than going to the Gaelic grounds. You know, it's been a tough venue for Waterford over the years. And the last game is up in Ennis. You know, I wouldn't like to be going up to Ennis to try and to try and pick up something, try and get yourself into that last three. So I think it's it's, Critical that Waterford win their two home games against Cork and Tipperary. So, Duncan, just finally, just going back to Cork, do you think they will be able to show up that defence and that they will be better for for the championship? Yeah, I think they will. I, I think they'll. I think they'll be in the three. Um, um, maybe not. Maybe it's tricky, but I, I do think I do think they'll be in the three. Um, and probably Limerick and Waterford maybe at this stage. Um, it does. And I'm not sure what order, but I think they might be the three to come out of it. Um, uh, and then you know, Cork being Cork on a day, they could blow you away if things fell right for them. So it's it's they do they do still carry that threat. They have problems, but they do carry that threat. They always do. I think I think even 
when John was playing that like that that team had the potential to sort of run through you and run you ragged. And I think that sort of they carry that carry that with them all the time. Okay, great stuff. Donica and John, thanks for that. A lot of shade. Well, that's all we have time for on this week's The Throne in association with Allianz. And my thanks to Donna Boyle, Dick Clerken and John Milan for joining me. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And we'll be back for more during the championship. It's 30 years of Allianz supporting the leagues. And we're not done yet. Only the leagues, only the Allianz leagues.